opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Hey, you're listening to Get the Funk Out. hope everybody's having a great Monday. I have uh, two special guests. First up, Matt Paxton. He's the founder of Clutter Cleaner. He's joining me in just a bit. I want to tell you a little bit about him if you have not heard of him. Uh, He's not your typical organizer. When Paxton started Clutter Cleaner in 2006, it was actually intended to focus on cleaning houses for the grieving widows and relocating seniors. But he quickly found himself sought out by extreme hoarders. And now he and his crew clean out the messiest homes in America. I wish you would come clean up my garage. It's a total wreck. (laughs) Paxton is a regular guy who understands both hoarding and addiction issues firsthand. After college, he spent a year gambling at Caesars Palace in Lake Tahoe, and he ran up $40,000 in gambling debt. I'm not going to share any more of this. It's on my blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Matt Paxton. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks for calling in. Happy to be here. You have a really uh, interesting backstory. Before we get into uh, Clutter Cleaner, how did this all come about? Well, I cleaned the messiest homes in America, and everybody asks, how, do I, how did you get here? And I always say I failed at everything else. Is that true? Pretty much. I mean, I was an economist coming out of college, um, grew up in a really good home, had it by an awesome single mom, um, was taught everything right, knew what was right, knew what was wrong, a uh, good kid. And, uh, man, I just made really bad choices after college, like really, like, I knew what was right was wrong, and I just continued to make bad choices. Ended up in a fast forward, ended up in a ditch in a casino in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and a bookie had uh, broken my nose and beat the crap out of me. And it was a very humbling, very humbling night, I should say. So, Uh, a man, so you really, you know funks, basically. You you hit the lowest of lows. Well, I embrace it now. Now I think it's the greatest (laughs) thing that's ever happened to me personally. Right. Um, I I think a lot of people don't get to fail as big as I did, Mm -hmm. and I think that's sad. I mean, I think inside it, we protect people so much. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, fast forward 15 years later, I got a beautiful wife, three kids, an awesome business, I get paid to help people on a daily basis. He basically... None of that would have happened if I hadn't failed miserably right. day after day after day. Sometimes you need somebody to kick your butt or, maybe in your case, you know, smash your face to, to smack yeah. you into reality, I guess. Well, and I, I get real honest with it. I mean, I, the night, you would think that would be the worst day of my life. Well, it mm-hmm. was, but but the worst moment was that night. I had 24 hours to come up with $40,000. Oh, my god! And my family had passed. They said, you're on your own. you got to find a legal way to get out of this. And that night was the worst Moment of my life. I mean, what did you to do? Think of a legal option to come up with forty grand—it's uh, impossible. And the things that I was willing to consider in my mind—it uh, oh, was God. an awful, awful night. That is awful. And what turned it around for you? 
I luckily had a mentor, an old friend, an old boss uh, that got me. He said, look, I'll get you home. You're going to owe me. Forty grand, and the next forty grand you make above rent and food goes to me. And he got me a job, and I was in Chicago by Thursday. That was a Monday night, and on Thursday Whoa. night I had literally ran away from everything and had to start over. And um, he gave me a second chance. Whew. And uh, thank, thank the Lord, you know. And, yes, um, yes. And then my my dad died quickly after that, and that started oh, another sorry. kind of a two year spiral for me. Um, but at least I was out of the casinos, and I was towards figuring out my life and yes. for me it was my dad my stepfather and then two grandpas all died in a two-year period oh that's awful yes yeah, so i lost all the men in my life too and so for me it was a very very humbling experience and it made me figure out what was right man mm-hmm. figure out what i needed to focus on and what i wanted to do and i, I actually ended up going to a, a, a grief camp for kids that had lost their parents i was a counselor actually that was probably a and, really good thing though Oh, my God, best thing in the world. That's what totally changed my life. I mean, it was a camp for kids that lost their dads. Most of, I would get the kids that, like, their dads got shot in a drive-by. Really hard, hardcore kids. Oh. And that puts stuff in perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, at least I chose my downfall. Those guys didn't find They, they were born into it. And I heard, I'm very, I mean, I tell it all the time. There was, I had a 10, 12-year-old boy that his, uh, his mom had been killed by her boyfriend. And uh, he watched this boy jump on top of his mom and stab her and kill her. Oh. And then he jumped on top of the boyfriend, tried to get him off. And, mm-hmm. of course, he got stabbed from, like, the face down. And oh the 12-year-old boy telling me he wants to get arrested so he can go to jail to find the guy that killed his mom. Oh. 12-year-old boy. Yeah, and hearing that, I was like, man, I got to get my life together. Like, this is, these are the guys I got to help. Who cares about my own stupid stuff? Like, this right. is the guys I got to help. Exactly. And so it was a very humbling place for me. And it's an amazing comfort zone camp. It's an amazing grief camp for, for young kids. Uh, comfort zone, from comfort zone camp. So I, I try to promote them whenever I can do it because I literally found myself and I ended yes. up watching these kids go through therapy. Came up with which eventually became my idea for my business, Clutter Cleaner. Yeah, how did that all come down? You, you went to this camp, and when you got out, were you lost, or you had a vision of what you oh, wanted to no, do? Oh, no, I was lost, man. Yeah. I was yeah. lost. I was living on a buddy's couch. I had a previous – I'm an entrepreneur by, just by birth, really. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. And um, – I had had a couple failed businesses, and I just really, really liked old ladies. And I thought, man, I'll just clean some old ladies' attics. And I was my original <laughs> I liked name old was ladies. Attic Attack, <laughs> not knowing that that they would think I only do attics. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, I started. Uh, I, I was just trying to make rent. I lived on a buddy's couch, two hundred bucks a month, and I had a hard time coming up with it, man. And I called wow. a wedding off because I was just such a loss. And. Uh, Broke up with this girl, broke her heart. It was really sad, and I was just like, I gotta get my life together. And I started helping these old ladies, and within a week, it was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I, I, I just instead of you know, I watched these old ladies get yelled at by their family for not throwing stuff away. Oh, it's awful. And I, and, I, and I was like, man, they're feeling just like I am, lost and a loser yes. and alone, and and they're not. They can't help it. They just had some bad things happen to them. And I immediately figured out what is now really the, the textbook way to help hoarders. And, I, and I, I watched it. I mean, I wrote it. I watched it happen. And if I had never failed so miserably, I wouldn't be in a mental place to actually relate to these hoarders. Yes. Well, let me ask you one second, one, yeah. one thing. You said you had a soft spot for, for old ladies, but was it that you also didn't have family and you just felt this connection to people that could be potentially like grandparents? 
Well, yeah, somewhat. I mean, my grandpa mm -hmm. was an entrepreneur, okay. and uh, one, one grandpa was a farmer, one was an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather here in, in, that I grew up with in my town, he would literally take me to nursing homes every Sunday after church, and Aww. he'd have me walk door to door and meet all these ladies and talk to them. And, and I was a kid. I mean, at the time, I just thought I was talking to the ladies getting candy. Yes. I didn't know he was teaching me how to sell. I didn't know he was teaching me how to be a good person as well, but he was also teaching me a lot about business. Yes. And so by the time I finally got in the opportunity to help people, um, I was already instilled in my head how to do it. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely, um, I think I got rewarded. I'm a very needy person by nature. Mm -hmm. And so I got the rewards that my brain needs from hanging out with old ladies. Yeah. They would tell me how great I was and give me hugs. That's what I needed. I, I didn't have any of that with all my family dying. Oh, that's so um, nice. I, I still have a very strong, awesome mom. That's a very big part of my life. And now I have a very strong, awesome wife as that's well. Good. And so I think that still fits mm -hmm. <laughs> my needs. I mean, I think that's one thing when I see people failing. Um, you yeah. got to put yourself in a situation where it definitely matches what you need. I'm needy. I need attention, yeah. and my job gives me that daily. Well, a lot of seniors don't get attention. They have family yeah. that don't connect with them anymore. They don't see them, you know, and everybody needs some love and attention. Yeah, well, that, and then the nature of our business is giving people affection and attention and mm -hmm. giving them a voice and giving them respect and trust, yeah. all things that should sound second nature, but they're not. We've forgotten seniors kind of as a whole. And, and I saw that as an entrepreneur. Not only did I like it, did I like hanging out with seniors, but I also saw a huge opportunity. Yeah, sure, sure. And it's really hard when, you know, I was joking when I was introducing you, you know, in my garage, it's like if I go in there, I, someone better call 911 because I get lost. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's really hard. You get suffocated in your own stuff. So to be in your 80s and bombarded by years of all this stuff, you don't know where to start. Yeah, I mean, we see a lot of the, the typical case for us is a, a woman that's a widow. She's in her 80s. Her kids, she was successfully a really good mom, mm -hmm. and she gave up her, you know, she gave, but she devoted her life to her kids, and now she's 80, husband's gone, and the house is full of all of her adult children's stuff. Yeah. And now the adult children get angry at her because she won't get rid of the stuff. But yet it's all just a really a remembrance of the love she had for them. Right. And so we come in with compassion, and we and you can't look at, you know, even your, oh, let's use your garage. You can't look at your garage as a whole. That's too much yes. to figure out in, in one hour. It took you probably 10 years to fill that up. Right. How'd you there's know? No way gonna, there's no way you're going to finish it in a day. No you got to take the time. I know. You know? I know. And, uh, it's a lot of it's mindset. A lot of it's, we call it positioning. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's just getting your mind able to handle it and then giving the client, whoever they be, whether it be a senior or you, either way, it's giving you respect and giving you patience and giving you space to handle it on your own terms. And But you probably provide this objective, you know, opinion about whether they might need or not need or maybe they yeah, can... Yeah, I'm, I'm a third party. I'm an ind My whole team is an independent third party. We don't yeah. know that Daddy likes Johnny better when you guys were 14. And I'm making that up. But, I mean, yes. that's what gets attached to stuff. Yes. You know, I always use the piano. Everybody loves the piano. Everyone in the family, I want the piano. I want the piano. Dad, Dad, I want the piano. Well, no, none of the three of you play the piano. Exactly. You're all fighting over something that you don't have space for. What's the real thing here? And it always ends up, Daddy loves somebody more, mm -hmm. or uh, there's some issue from when they were 15. Yeah, and somebody so gave you something. Because we're independent. How yes. could your brother have an independent voice on that? He can't. He's, a, he's too attached to it. So there's all this backstory and drama with all the clutter. <laughs> always. It's never about the stuff. Ever. No. Ever, ever, ever. It's always about the crap attached to it mentally. How do you and that's in life. And how you do know, you not... feel that this is where you are in life right now? Because it sounds interesting. 
I love it. I'm, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, man. I get paid to help people. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, I feel, I definitely, when I was failing, you know, I was failing pretty bad, man, pretty loudly. Mm-hmm. And I was still embarrassed by that. Um, but at an early age, I'd probably say before 30. But when I called off the wedding, it was like, all right, everybody's dead. Now I'm breaking, calling off a wedding. All my buddies are, I mean, I literally, at 30, I wanted to run a marathon. I could not come up with enough money for a pair of shoes. So my mom had to give me a pair of running shoes for my birthday. And I was like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, I was really, that was a really, really kind of a life check. I'm like, you can't even, your buddies have two kids. You can't even afford to go to their wedding. I know. You can't, I mean, it was like somebody wanted me to be their godparents. And I was like, man, I couldn't even afford to come see your kids. Right. if If you did that, so don't. And I felt like a real loser, to be honest. And but at one point, it kind of tipped, and I was like, man, there's got to be a reason I'm failing this big. Like, there has to be a plus side on the end of this. Mm-hmm. Like, if God is real, I don't mean to get religious, but, like, in my mind, for me, I was like, I better be positioned for something special, yes. or I am just a complete loser. So I don't, I don't know if I was just justifying where I was or if I was brilliant. I don't know. But at that point, I was so far in, I was like, well, I better keep failing spectacular, because this will make a really good story. If I ever turn it around, it sounds like and, you were holding on yeah, real and here tight. I am. Yeah, I, I did turn it around, and it is a spectacular story. So I do believe in that concept. You ha- when you're failing that bad, and if you're if you're giving a hundred percent, I guess that's the key. I had to keep giving a hundred percent for that story to be valuable. Well, it's interesting. Uh, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Matt Paxson. That you ho- held on to this crazy is what I call roller coaster ride. You know, funks day in day out, low points, and you said, you know what? There's got to be a reason. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, you just gave a great example: roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. What if you got off at the beginning, going up the hill because you're so scared? Right. You wouldn't get the joy of the whole ride. That's right. And I'm not. I'm saying it very easily, like it was no big deal. Of course, it was a horrible idea. It was awful. But I really had to believe in that concept. Like, okay, this is awful. This whole thing is horrific, but it's gonna make sense eventually. That's and I just right. had to believe that. It was. It was a belief deep down inside. And if I didn't, I wouldn't have got through it. Now, are people surprised to see what you're doing now? Or no? No, I th- I think I was always um, a little different. I mean, my, I, I always accepted the fact that I was out there, that I was different, mm-hmm. and and That's that was good. okay. I think most people especially my friends, and they see me on TV now, they just laugh. They're like, yep, <laughs> that's Paxton. That's I think great. some people forget that I'm actually, most people see me on TV, but my real life is I have a business, and you know we're, we're, we've opened 100 locations nationwide to help the millions and millions of people that are turning 65 every year. Matt, incredible. You know, and I mean, yeah. We are really poised to help a lot of people that age over the next 20 years, right. and I, I don't think people get what's going to happen over the next 15 years. Yes. And I'm really excited for people to find out someday, oh, this is much more than a TV show. Yes. This is a guy that was really painting, paving the road in, de- in developing the how-to to truly help seniors properly. I think it's great. How did yeah. you actually uh, become featured on A&E's Hoarders? How did uh, this a good, yeah, this is a good story. Um, there was I was like their fifth choice. <laughs> I was never the first choice. Um, they were just looking for houses to clean. All right. They had already they already had their talent. Nobody thought this TV show would do anything. They A and E had ordered six episodes. But that was it. And they had filmed four. No one thought it would go beyond that. They just needed two houses to clean. And they had called everybody they knew. They couldn't find any. And I had been calling uh, this guy named Peter Walsh, who's mm-hmm. a guy. Uh, he's Oprah Winfrey's organizer. All right. He's a very established, very famous guy in the organizing world. Um, wrote a majority of the books on basic household organizing. And I had been bugging him for years, 
trying to get work with him. And it never really worked out. He was nice. He was cordial. But one at the very end, they called him and they said, hey, can you please do our show? We just really need two more houses to clean. And he's like, hey, man, I don't do that. But there's this guy that won't stop bugging me in Virginia. Give him a call. <laughs> and, Perfect. And they were like, would you do it? And I was like, sure. And it was Monday they called me. Tuesday they met me. They said we, they still said we don't want we don't need you on TV we just need houses so they were going to pay me it was like two hundred two or three hundred bucks yes to use a house at one of my clients and for me that was still an enormous amount of money and on Wednesday I found out I was going to be a dad for the first time oh. and on Friday and on Friday I was filming my first TV show in Alabama so from Monday Sunday night I went to bed still a loser still cleaning cleaning out the fifteen bucks not not still a loser I don't think you're still loser. in a really low place yeah because actually I'm never I'm not doing anything different now that I wasn't doing ten years ago mm-hmm. people just know about it now because I'm on TV right that's the only difference but I was still very lost and com- TV gave me the confidence and the the feedback from TV let me know wait a minute there are millions of people that need help and what I have been doing for the last fifteen years does make sense now yes I yes. wouldn't have gotten that confirmation that reassurance without TV. Look at all the people you're helping. Yeah, it's awesome. It's and I don't, sound, I don't mean to say that in a cocky way, no. but it is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm absolutely being repaid for all the, the hard work I went through. Mm-hmm. I get to help people on a daily. I, I tried to be a millionaire a million times over when I was just focusing on the money. I was going to say, you can't. Out. No, you and when can't I finally that. stopped worrying about the money and just focused on helping people, that's when it all worked out. Yes, yeah. You have to be true and not be focused on the materialistic side of things. And, yeah. and you have a book. That, that sounds so cheesy saying that, but it's no, really it's true. true. I mean, I, I want to make sure your listeners get that, man. When you totally give up on the money and just focus on what's doing right mm-hmm. in general and what's right for you specifically, individually you, then it works out. It just does. And you have to believe that. You have to trust it. Yes. Uh, and you wrote a book, The Secret Lives of Hoarders. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? Yeah. Um, uh, Secret Lives of Hoarders was an opportunity that spawned out of the TV show. Um, we had a, a couple different groups came to us and said, we want you to write a book. I was tired of explaining it to family members. Mm-hmm. Um, it turned out that family members were less educated on hoarding than actual hoarders. And so I wrote the book to just help families get that their, their family members are not crazy. These hoarders are not horrible, nasty people. They're really good people that have gone through some difficult times. Yes. And so, uh, sure, there's a little bit of uh, symbolism with my own past there, of course. Um, I wouldn't have the compassion that I have for orders if I hadn't messed up so badly. But the book is a, is a book about hope. It's a book about understanding. Um, it's a book. It's also a how-to book. How do you get in there and actually help your family member? Um, hoarding is a massive issue. Over 10 million people are affected with it in America. 10 it's million a big number. people? Yeah. So over, almost 5% of America is affected by hoarding at some level. The ones you see on TV are kind of our all-stars, our big ones. Yes. Um, not everybody, not all 10 million are that way. But people afflicted you know, anywhere from a, a stage one up to a stage five, over 10 million. Some, some of the research from Boston University says 14 million, but I like to stick around 10. Right, but it's big. It's yeah. not just the people that, uh, you know, I joke, like you open their garage and they, you can't even walk in there. But it could be on a small scale, right? Like yeah. their oh, yeah. closets and whatever. Well, I guarantee you, look, there's, there's probably 100 ladies listening right now that are embarrassed to have their friends to come over for coffee because there's too many piles of books and too many piles of clothes, and they just are embarrassed of their home. And are they hoarders? No. No. Are they a little challenged with mess? Yeah, yes. sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just need to get a little bit of help. Right. I mean, if I break my leg, I'm going to the doctor. 
we got to tell people if you break your let you know if you break you you've broken your clutter it sounds silly but you no one refuses to get help because it's embarrassing that's like, right. I don't want to be a hoarder. Well, you're not a hoarder. You just need a little help. You need a little. I mean, there's a whole generation of these young moms that were never taught how to cl- how to how to clean or how to organize. Yes. And now they've got young kids in their house, and their houses are just filling up faster than anything you could believe. <laughs> Our number one reporting of hoarders is women under 35. Oh, I believe it. And then you know you get laundry. I feel like I joke my laundry's yeah. mating because like you have yeah. this piles and piles and keeps growing, and you never have time to do that. And then there's other stuff and. You know, yeah, look, I, I begged my wife to let me put pictures of our house up, the inside of our house up online, because I want people to understand your home is supposed to be a growing home. It's not supposed to be perfect. It's not supposed to be a magazine. That's mm-hmm. not realistic. I have three, I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a five-week-old. Whoa. You think, yeah, you think my house is clean? I don't I think I clean so. the messiest <laughs> homes in America, and my house is a wreck, and I'm proud <laughs> of that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's Good realistic. I have happy kids, and, a happy, and a, you know, we're a happy family, and we have a little bit of a mess. Right. It's Okay. To have a messy home. I think a sterile home is a little too uncomfortable, if you want to know the truth. Yeah. 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 And stop making people take their shoes off when you walk in the house. That, that irritates me when people do that. Why? <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. I, I, well, I, what if I have smelly feet? I don't want to take my shoes off. Oh, well, that's a different story. But, I tell people that all the time. I, I don't like extremes of anything. If I've learned anything in this business, extremes of anything is dangerous. And I take that to sporting teams. I take that to athletics. I take that to anything. Extremes of anything is too much. I had extremes yeah. of, of gambling. My friends have my, my hoarders have extremes of too much stuff. We all mm-hmm. have extremes of some people have extremes of alcoholism. Whatever, just try to get back to the middle and get a little more normalism in your life. Do you have that's great advice? Do you have advice for people that don't know where to start? That you know they're not extreme hoarders, but they're just they don't just don't know where to start. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a little thing we do called the 10-minute sweep, um, where we try to it's back to your garage. Mm-hmm. Don't look at your garage as a whole. That's too big. Remember, it took you 10 years to clean it. So if you're in your house and it's a mess, we say start every night with 10 minutes. Each person in your family, you got to clean together. Your kids need to see you cleaning. That'll help them learn to clean more. So you clean as a, as a family, or as we say, clean as a team. you got four of you. You each pick a one-foot-by-one-foot one area in the house and you clean for 10 minutes. My advice is start at 7.50 before you all sit down to watch dinner, mm-hmm. or before you sit down to watch TV. Right. Start at 7.50. you got 10 minutes to knock out as much as you can in that one-foot-by-one-foot one area. Everything in your home has a place. Put those items in that place. If you each clean 10 minutes a night, five nights a week, Sunday to Thursday, the house gets a lot cleaner. That's true. Uh, the other one is just have very clear set rules and follow through. I can't tell you how many chore charts I've made for adults in the last two years. Um, <laughs> we forget to stay consistent in our rules. My wife has a rule with me. My, my wife makes the food, gets it ready, and it gets it to the table. Mm-hmm. My job is to get it from the table to a clean sink. So I'm not allowed to sit down until the sink is empty. That's good. That means all the tabletops are done, the sink is empty, all the dishes are either hand-washed or put in the dishwasher. Um, and I follow through. That key is that know your role and then follow through. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take that's, – that's in my 10 minutes. I can pretty much knock any sink out in 10 minutes now. And it becomes habit in our family. Our kids now know they have to bring the, the dishes from the table to the sink to daddy. That's Every good. day we're teaching little, little consistent rules over and over. You don't do it in one big spring clean. That's yes. not realistic yes. anymore. It has to be habit. And you do it over and over and over. And I like teamwork. It sounds like you have good teamwork. Yeah. Well, it just if you're doing it together, yeah. it's less like, you know, I, I, people always bug me. I mean, I, long story short, you're going to keep having a happier, healthier, healthier home if you're doing it as a team and yes. a family. Yes, yes. Any last bit of advice and also throw out your website for people to find out more about you? 
Yeah, if you need help cleaning your home, we're doing it all over the country. It's cluttercleaner.com, C-L-U-T-T-E-R, cleaner, C-L-E-A-N-E-R, cluttercleaner.com. Those are the extreme situations. The rest of it, if, you got any, if, you're, if you're really worried about it, man, just reach out for help. Like, mm-hmm. And I say that in anything in life. Um, thank God somebody helped me. Yes. I was literally head down in a ditch. And most people said no. One guy said yes. Now, I, I still support my family for saying no. They did the right thing. But at the end of the day, um, if you're down and out, man, ask for help yes. in anything, not just clutter. Someone will help you. Life will get better. Yes. And I'm not saying I'm this awesome guy, but I'll tell you, my life's a lot better right now. That's fantastic. Because I asked for help. It was really embarrassing. It was awful. It was still embarrassing for five more years. But you know what? I could have ended up in jail. I could have ended up drug- dealing with drugs. I could have ended up doing anything. Right. And thank God I'm just cleaning up the messiest homes in America. Well, you made choices. You know, we all yeah. have choices to make. And we- Man, that's five years of suffering. It was awful. Yeah. It was, it was incredibly embarrassing. It was, it was awful. My poor mom just begged me to get a real job. Mm. And I couldn't. I tried. I mean, it was awful for my family. It was awful for me. But you know what? It made sense later. Yes. Go out. It, it's still better than the, the end result. Go out and get help. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Matt. This has been oh, great. Oh, thank you. I love you. This is a positive show, man. I love it. Thank, uh, thank you. Thank you. you for getting positive messages out there. Awesome. And uh, I'll send you a link. This will be up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Yeah, let me know, and I'll post it on all my stuff. All right, awesome. Have a great day. Thanks for all you you're too. doing. No, thank you so uh, much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Matt Paxton, and uh, if you want to listen to the show, you missed part of it, it'll be up on my blog. Again, that's getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. It'll be up about 11 o'clock. Coming up in just a few minutes, another special guest, Janie Hoffman. She's CEO and founder of Mama Chia, and she's going to join me uh, a little after 9.30. She's going to be uh, a featured speaker at the Natural Products Expo West coming up later this week, and she also has a book coming out. And she has this incredible company, Mama Chia, we're going to talk about. So, again, we're coming up with Janie Hoffman in just a few minutes. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.